Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey everyone, you're listening to The Public Affair with me, Andrew G. I see someone different every episode, but do me a favor, keep it between us. Hey guys, what's going on? It's your boy, Andrew G, and welcome to this really exciting episode of The Public Affair. I'm really excited to do this episode. I've been dying to get this guest onto the show, <laughs> and we've had scheduling conflicts. My battery died today. Uh, shout out to Jeffrey Monoya for coming to um, juice it up for me. I really appreciate it. And to O'Reilly's Auto Parts for um, making my battery work again. But it had to like die on the day that it's 100 degrees, like when, not tomorrow when it's 87. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, so uh, before we get started, I want to use this opportunity to thank you guys again so much for all your love and support of The Public Affair. I really appreciate it. And of course, to Mike Hamilton and Addison Robles over there making my episodes look all cute and snackish. Thank you guys so much for all your hard work with Rogue Media Network. Um, and of course, I want to start the episode off by giving um, a shout out to a few of our sponsors of The Public Affair. Of course, this episode is brought to you by Four Brothers Construction with my boy Joe Olvera. He provides custom home designs and renovations. He also focuses on roofing, remodeling, renovations, plumbing, tree removal, electrical work, and and so much more. So if you need any of that jobs done, make sure you call one of his snacks on the number on the screen to get all that stuff taken care of. Joe is a longtime sponsor of The Public Affair, and I can't express my gratitude enough. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. Of course, to BNJ Refinishing with my boy Frank Biza. He focuses on resurfacing bathtubs, counters, sinks, tiles, and more to original showroom quality, offers five-year warranty on most work, and has the best prices in town. And of course, he doesn't stop there because like I've said in almost every episode of The Public Affair, he is an entrepreneur also with Co-Town Tint, which is a mobile tint and detailing business that offers the best high quality film and products and will be all competitor prices. Um, Frank is a true hustler. I'm so glad to have him as a sponsor of The Public Affair, a longtime sponsor. Thank you so much for everything you do, Frank. I truly appreciate it. Of course, to David Santabanez, the number one sales agent at Alinea Real Estate, he'll help you buy a home or sell your home. Make sure you follow him on Facebook at David with Alinea or call the number on the screen, darling, for all your real estate needs. We were just going to have a meeting to talk about my dream chateau coming on up and I don't want to work with no other realtor except David Santabanez. I love him. He's the GOAT. Thank you so much much for sponsoring this episode of The Public Affair. Of course, to Elevate with Caitlin Flores, Waco's newest premier shop selling nothing but the best. Elevate is proud to bring you all of one-of-a-kind attire and the most exotic merchandise on the market. They guarantee all gas and no breaks. I just got me some exotic snacks over the weekend, and I got Silly Buns, his little CBD pen thingy that they got, and I love them so much. Caitlin is a queen, and I love having her as a sponsor of The Public Affair. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. And of course, to Elite Barbershop with my boy Sid Rodriguez, located on Hewitt Drive. You can download the cut app or call the number on the screen to book. He also has Marcus Guerrero, Chris Reyes, Santos Cordova, and D-Rod, a.k.a. David Rodriguez over there making you look like a whole snack. I love all those barbers. All of them have got to put hands on my head and they are the best. I love, love, love them. And I don't want to go on without thanking my boy Jeffrey Monreal with Boyo Box and Audio. He focuses on installation of stereos, door speakers, and audio systems. He also specializes in building custom subwoofer enclosures and much more. Definitely a jack of all trades. And like I said, right before this episode got done, got began recording, my car battery died and he came and ju juiced me, so I owe you lunch and dinner. Jeffrey Monreal, thank you so much for sponsoring this episode of The Public Affair with Boyo Box and Audio. More to come later. All right, guys. So like I said, I've been really excited to shoot this episode of The Public Affair. I kind of told some of my, my close friends that I had this next guest, and they're like, no way, what are you going to talk to her about? I was like, I just hope she's not like a prude because I really want to like <laughs> make it really funny. But so far, she's been very, very sweet, and she's like one of the kindest people that I've ever met. Um, I didn't know exactly what to call her, so we're going to go with this. I'd like to welcome Welcome Waco Chief of Police, Dr. Cheryl Victorian, to the public affair. How you doing? I'm doing that good. That was good, right? That was that good? Was good. Okay, that yeah. was good. You got it all in. She said I could call her whatever her one as long as it wasn't out of her name. So yeah. I said, okay, yeah, we're going to do that. So, that works. So, um, I, you know, just uh, Cheryl, Cheryl. Cheryl, is, is that good? good. Okay, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. You don't look a day over 21, so oh, you know. Well, no. thank you. <laughs> Points fans. Yeah, okay, please do, yeah. So that way when I get stopped. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, please excuse my, just my appearance. It's been quite a afternoon, if you will. And of course, it's 100 degrees outside. But again, everything's good. And we're going to do this. So um, first of all, I want to thank you for coming on to the public affair. Like I said, I like to diversify my cast and everything. And and I was like, well, if I'm going to get a police officer, why not go for the big guns and get the, <laughs> the chief of police? You know what I mean? So how do you feel about being here? Oh, 
absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I, I, yeah, I love the opportunity to be mm. able to talk and talk yeah. about what I do. I just, okay, good. It's great. I I'm pictured, excited. I pictured you more shy in person. and you're, you? you're Yeah, I, I pictured you more like just like, you know, you achieve a police. You have an image to uphold. You know what I mean? So I was like, I don't know. She might be a little, uh, you know what I mean? But you're the, quite the opposite, I assume. Yeah. You know, I ran into you at a Dunkin' Donuts in Hewitt one morning. I didn't run into you. I saw you, but I didn't want to bother you because you looked like you were with a parade of people. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to kind of interrupt and be like, hey, it's me. I'm the guy who's been messaging you. You know what I mean? So, um, I mean, that would have been okay to do that, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> I saw you at H-E-B. Yeah, yeah, you did see me that's at right. H-E-B. That's right. And you were that's, not, that's you were in the get up, though. You looked no, very just, you know, right. I, we should have got the see? shoot cam for I'm you that day. Yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> do people treat you different because of your position? Um, I don't. Well, you know what? Since I've been in the city of Waco as the chief, I, yeah. I probably probably yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like do they do they bit. do they act like uptight with you or no no no, 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 okay. no. everybody has been so friendly and down oh, really? to earth and okay. receptive yeah 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 and, your... and I think I give I'm getting what I give off okay yeah for sure and so, so is this your first time in Waco like because you're, you're from Houston correct I am from Houston. okay cool yeah so do you just moved here. For... <laughs> I was in Houston for 28 years, had no <laughs> intentions of ever leaving Houston, really? applied for this job, and here I am. And here you are. Okay, I got you. Know. Well, yeah. um, before we get started, um, I did see that you had a loss that I kind of just want to um, express my condolences to you for. It was one of your, your brothers in blue, is that mm-hmm. correct? And yeah. um, you lost him. So if you want to um, pay him a tribute real quick, uh, or we can move on. It's your choice. Or No, yeah. I got a phone call this morning that uh, Houston PD lost a police officer in, in a division that I worked a very mm-hmm. long time in. He didn't get there until after I got there. But right. Officer uh, Bill Jeffrey lost his life in the line of duty. And oh, wow. also had Mark Vance, uh, Sergeant Mark Vance, who was seriously injured and um, mm. is, is still with us, fortunately. But, okay. yeah, such right. a tragedy in Houston. Well, I, yeah, and not to put a damper, but I really just, you know, I'm really sorry for your loss. I was n- nervous about how you, know, how you were going to yeah. move on. But um, we'll get into yeah. that later because that's that's definitely a subject I want to talk to you about. But, you know, for anybody who might not know who you are, like, Andrew, who, who is this? Um, can you introduce yourself to us? Sure. My okay. name is Cheryl Victorian. Hey. I am a native Houstonian. Um, oh. I have been in Houston all of my life. Uh, I was a police officer in the city of Houston for 28 years. I retired as an assistant chief with the Houston Police Department to take this job as the chief of police for the city of Waco. Uh, Worked in in a lot of divisions while I was in the city of Houston, but my favorite was working undercover for 11 years in major offenders. Okay. And uh, yeah, worked my way up through the ranks of the police department and Mm. retired as an assistant chief. And here I am. And now here you are. (laughs) Okay. Um, So so you were retiring when you got done with, when you were going to retire, did you have any intentions of like, like coming back, like what made you? What, what was the decision? Oh no, like? I was okay. retiring to yeah. come here. Oh, to come here. Yes, oh, okay. had I not, yeah, oh, had I not got retire- this job, yeah. I wouldn't have. I would still be in the city. Okay, girl, I'm thinking about like the beach retired. Like, you, you know ready, what I mean? Like you're ready to give it up. I, no. I'm only 30 and I'm ready to retire. It's, I can't. Okay, I'm done here. I can't wait to I live in the beach. Yeah, that's just the official term. It's yeah, retire. I, okay. I, I had to retire from the city of Houston you were, to become it, the chief. Technically, it's like quitting, but you guys call it retiring. Okay, but I call it retiring because I am retired. Yeah, I did my time there and right. able to now you're here. Okay. Cool. Hey, so it's retirement. That's what's up. Okay. Yeah. Why why Waco? Like I mean, what did you were you looking for change or so no, absolutely mm-hmm. not. I'd only visited Waco one time uh-huh. before this position even came up. So um I uh <laughs> I came here in 2019 for Texas Police Chiefs Association women leadership meeting. We were just starting mm. a meeting to get more women in law enforcement and more women to promote. Okay. And um so I came here, I was in a meeting, my siblings, my sisters were, were very close they got to see the city and yeah. as soon as we were done we headed back to houston okay <laughs> and so that was my only time here in 2019 yeah. i got you and uh then i got a phone call in october of uh 2020 mm-hmm. that the police chief's job was open here uh-huh. and it was from uh one of our former uh president of our union in his police union okay and uh, he's like hey i just got a phone call they told me you know from the city of waco they're looking for a police chief yeah everything they described sound like you not trying to get rid of you <laughs> but it sounded but, like you okay. are you even looking and i was like no i'm yeah. good he's like um you know are you looking to leave houston i was like uh-huh. uh, no i think you know even mm-hmm. when i began looking for a chief job there's so many chief jobs around here I'm right right houston. okay so he was like um well 
Uh, I'm telling you, it sounded like you. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did what I said I was going to do. The rest is up to you. So I was like, oh, yeah. well, I'm flattered. Thank you so how, much. How does the chief of police job sound like you? Like, what like, does that even like, mean? Well, I, yeah. think, I think based on um, the things that I was already doing in the community, they mm-hmm. were looking for somebody who was community fo- focused, oh, okay. focusing on diversity, focusing mm-hmm. on inclusion, focusing on, you know, um, de- professional development of for police sure. officers. Yes. Yeah. And so some of the things, they had an actual brochure of characteristics that they were looking for in a police chief Uh and so he was saying hey you know when he was telling me about these (laughs) it sounded like you what you're already doing sure enough uh, after i hung up the phone i I I was like oh that was sweet for him to even think that i I would could be a chief it's like i guess we gotta go now (laughs) no actually i was just like i'm not going to work oh really right i'm like i'm staying in houston (laughs) yeah yeah and then for about two hours it just nagged me okay and i was like okay just go look right right so i went out and looked at the profile and sure enough every bullet point i was like i can do that. Yeah. Oh, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> right. I can do that. Yeah. So I went home and convinced my sisters that uh-huh. um yeah that I was gonna apply gonna for this job that. and applied for it and right. several months later here I am. Were one of the um bullets like I could beat that guy's ass like it ain't nothing. I can take him. You know, had you asked me that 26, 27 years ago, yeah, that's all I wanted okay. to do. Really? Just, okay. Oh, you know, most people, uh, you know, you ask them why they want to be a police officer because they want to help people. I wanted to put the bad guy. Oh, here. okay, I got you. To go to oh, it's gonna yeah. get juicy because this that's that's like pre-opening doors for me because I've got so many questions when it comes to stuff like that. But I, I want to talk to you a little bit about your life growing up. So you are sure. from Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, would you? How would you say like your family dynamic was and everything or, or for you? So I grew up um, in you know I grew up in Sunnyside. If you look at Sunnyside mm-hmm. right now uh, in Houston, uh, for the past several years, it's been on the top ten list for one of the most dangerous neighborhoods. Oh really? Right? Okay. <laughs> um, but at the yeah. time, it it wasn't. At least right. we didn't know. I, we okay. didn't have Google back then. Maybe not. Uh, yeah. And right, and we felt comfortable playing in the streets and yeah, you yeah. know having a good time. And we were not poor, but mm-hmm. we didn't have a whole lot of money. You know, right, we right. had food, we had clean clothes. Yeah, what and you needed. Yes, yeah. we had what we needed. We okay. didn't have an overabundance. We just had what we needed. Right. And I have two older sisters and a younger brother, mm-hmm. and I had both my parents, right? right. And so uh, my dad had his own business. He installed for Micah. If there is even such a thing anymore, I was like, "What is that?" On countertops, yeah. oh, countertops, countertop. okay. hey. but it's old, right? Yeah, they don't okay. do it anymore. <laughs> that was back in 1970-something. Oh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, he um, he had his own business, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I went to neighbor uh, Houston Independent School District schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, never wanted to be a police officer. Yeah, I was going to say. Was afraid yeah. of police officers, <laughs> really? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a corner, not a corner grocery store, it was a grocery store in my neighborhood mm. where there was a constable who used to work there. And my mom would take me there to just to try to shake this man's hand when we we're going in. And I would literally fall mm. out and embarrass her. Why like, is crying. that? I don't know. We okay. didn't have any negative interactions. My family had never had any ne- right. negative interactions with the police. My parents never talked negatively about the police. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was afraid of them. At that time, <laughs> right. but I tell you what, uh, you know, a couple of years later, as I was a little older, I had a neighbor across the street, mischievous kid. Um, our street was a T, is a T intersection, right? Right, right. And the Houston Police Department's helicopter would fly. The flight path was right over my mom's house. Oh, okay. And so we had gone out of town one weekend, and um, he, we got back. Mm-hmm. He came over, and he was like, "Hey." the helicopter landed on the street and they were looking for you. And I was no. like, for me? And he said, yeah. I yeah. said, what? He said, yep. He said, well, does you know, Cheryl live around here? And mm-hmm. I was like, shit, they call my name? And he said, yeah. He said, and they said, is she a Taurus? No. And I was like, what? Why are they doing you like that? Right. Oh and, but you know, at the time, yeah. I didn't know the police officer didn't right, ask right. your sign, right? Yeah, so yeah. I just thought that was like, man, he knew, <laughs> cops knew something about me. Yeah. And it was believable because the T intersection was big enough for a helicopter to right, right. So it's, what's funny is that every time that helicopter would pass over my mom's house, if my friends and I were outside playing, we would hide. We'd hide in front oh of bushes, in front of cars, whatever, because the helicopter was looking for that me, That is right? so crazy. And yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, and at nine, though, I lost my dad. My dad had a massive oh, heart attack and, and passed away. Thank okay. you. And um, so we were going to bury him out of town. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we were leaving the funeral home, 
the motorcycle guys were very compassionate, very empathetic to my family, you know, got us over to our car. Mm -hmm. And as they escorted us out of town, I just focused on those guys Mm. and the respect that they were getting and then the job that they had, you know, getting us out of town. And I think my perspective of police started changing. Okay, you're right. And I was like, okay, you know, those are good guys. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then a couple of years later, Miami Vice came out. Oh. I was sold. Okay, that was Because I wanted to be Ricardo and Tubbs and work undercover. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, I was laser focused at that point. And uh, went to college. So that was it. Yep, went Mm -hmm. to college as soon as I got out. Houston, so okay, yeah. So about your education, because not your doctor, Cheryl yes. Victoria, correct? So so what? I mean, because I think to be a police officer, it doesn't require that much college. Is that correct? It does not. It does. Okay, so why go all the way for the PhD? Was that just for personal gain? That, and, it, it was a combination of reasons, okay. right? So I was always told to before I became a police officer, mm-hmm. I need to go ahead and finish my degree because right. if you come in with a degree, it's an incentive. You get extra incentive pay, Ooh, okay. right? Yeah. So if you came That's in nice. and you hadn't started your degree, then you'd be trying to work full time and finish your degree right so i was like okay well i'm gonna finish my degree i'm still young and, right um graduated from college at 22 started in the police department at you know 22 mm-hmm. and um so um i decided to okay yeah this worked and then i was a married didn't have any kids a right. master's program opened up at the university of houston downtown i was like you know what i'm gonna go back and get my master's and i knew that in order to promote with the houston police department is very competitive oh, right okay you have to test you have right. to assess and any degrees that you have you get extra points at mm-hmm. the end of all, at once all of the scores are combined right right so if you have a bachelor's you get one point tacked oh, on. you okay. get a master's you get two points you're trying to get all your get, little points memorization and I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't do well. Okay. Again, right? I'm not trying to study. Right. Like, yeah. right. If it was, you, you know, Houston, some skills, to, yeah. with some, it's something about skills. I mean, look, right. I could do And that, you're trying right? to go to the club too. You're only 20. Well, and I wasn't like, really <laughs> going to the club. Uh, okay. and <laughs> <laughs> well, you live in Houston. It's not but like you can do that. Yeah. Houston. Okay. You know, Houston. yeah. Beyonce's from so, there. So, <laughs> yeah. so I, um, yeah. So I got my master's degree mm-hmm. in my career because everybody started getting, everybody had a bachelor's degree. So we were all on the same level playing field. And you were like, so I was like, okay. Change I got to get one up. So okay. I went on and got my master's degree. Uh, and besides the 100 Club of Houston paid for it. As, uh, <laughs> That's right, good too. Right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. um, then next thing you know, everybody started getting a master's degree. And right. I said, okay, well, you know I what? I, I need to go and get my PhD. I, wow. And I always wanted to teach uh, at the college level anyway. Okay. Once I did re- officially retired for yeah. real. Um, so... Um, I just went on and got my PhD, right. and it was and it proved to be very beneficial after the commander's exam. I mean, yeah, <laughs> because okay. I was able to get those three points tacked right. onto my score, and right. it moved me significantly uh, from where I was. And but and that's such a good incentive too to at least keep you in school and get your education. Yes. like you, they could take a, being a cop away from you all day, but you can't take you can't, away my PhD. You can't like that's take mine. Away my you know, what I, yeah. I like that. I'm still Doctor Victorian. Yes. You can take it the badge you get. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was a chief before. Right. I was an assistant chief, but, but I will always be a doctor at this point. I, right, exactly. <laughs> but your main, but your main focus was always to be in law enforcement, regardless. Was, yeah, correct. It was. Okay. It was. And even mm-hmm. when I went to teach, I, and I teach right now. I teach mm-hmm. adjunct at Southern New Hampshire University. Um, my overall objective, once I officially retire, was to be that uh, professor that had that practical experience yeah. and that classroom experience. Because my experience in the classroom in undergrad, it wasn't. I had to, I had a heart for law enforcement. That's why I stayed. Yeah, for sure. Other than that, um, with the instruction, <laughs> instructing, instruct. We were we were getting. Yeah. I would I would have been totally changed my major. Yeah. Uh, because everybody had the academic knowledge or the theoretical right. knowledge, but no practical experience. Okay. So you were more like hands on so, practical. Yeah. yeah. I was okay. like, hey, you need to bring some wash store. I need somebody in here who can really tell me what <laughs> okay. policing is about. And that was my goal. I was like, right. you know what? I'm gonna get in the classroom and I'm gonna have some wash stories. <laughs> <for my students>, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Can we talk so, about some of your war stories? Yeah. Because um, I think it's so. In- I want. I've always like kind of. I I don't think I can do law enforcement. Let me just put that out there. I'm so like. I'm chicken shit. Like, <laughs> like, I can't fight Dr. Victoria. I can't do none of that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the one that's going to be in the corner. Like, right. hey, guys, <laughs> do you need backup? You know, so um, becoming a police officer, okay? Right. Because you said that you were always passionate about it from a very young age. Like, you know, especially once you got over your fear. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about, like, your first time, I guess, joining the force and, like, your first time out in the field and stuff like that? Yeah. So um, I went to the academy. The academy is six months long. Right? Yeah. The Houston Police Department has its own academy. Oh. Um, um, had a great time. Class 152, right? We'll always be a class. One color, one class, one cause. That there was our go. motto, right? Yeah. And so once you get out of the academy, you have to go into a field training program. Mm-hmm. So 
um, as part of the field training program, I wanted to go back to Southeast. Southeast was in the neighborhood that I grew up, right? right. And it, I was familiar with the neighborhood, and mm-hmm. I knew the neighborhood, and I was always wanted to go back there to be a police officer. Yeah, right. to put the and my goal, like I said, was <laughs> to put the bad guy in jail right. because I didn't want them terrorizing our neighborhood. Right. right, I got you. I yeah, grew yeah. Up, a lot of family members there, a lot of friends mm-hmm. there. Like not in my, not in my yeah, city. Not okay? in, yeah, yeah, you know. And my friends all knew. They knew right. the ones growing up. They were like, Cheryl, don't play. So if you break the law, <laughs> don't be asking her to get you out of jail because okay. she's not gonna get you out of jail. Oh yeah, did yeah, you get a lot of that? Like, I did. Right, like a they lot of try, people. Mm, yeah, but 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 it, you know, after a year or two, people mm. start going, don't. You don't call Cheryl right. when you're in trouble. Yeah. Cheryl gonna tell him to lock you up. She, <laughs> yeah. So right. okay. uh, I'd gotten that reputation, yeah. right? I bet um, that's annoying though too. Yeah. Like because people think, Oh yeah, but we grew up together, this yeah, and that. Chill. Yeah. yeah, that's I, not like I still got a job. Like, I got gotta, a job. Yeah, We're gonna you pay my bills. Exactly. You know? Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's so, like when um, people ask me for free tickets to the fair because I work in the radio station. It's like I know it's not the same thing, but still, it's annoying. Stop <laughs> it. Okay, okay. No, I cannot get you free parking. Same, like, leave me alone. Yeah. Okay. No, but go ahead. Sorry. So I'm sorry. So um, I worked the streets for uh, for a year, and um, after that, I got a phone call from this division, Major mm-hmm. Offenders Division, and um, they asked me if I wanted to come over and do some undercover work. And Ooh. I was like, Oh, that's right up my alley. Oh, really? Ricardo and Tubbs. Uh, I always wanted to work undercover. <laughs> right. So um, I did that uh, on my own time for a year. So mm-hmm. I would go and work with them for about four hours. And then I'd go work my regular shift on oh. um, patrol, which turned into gang task force. So okay. I went from transition from patrol and worked gang task force on the streets. Mm-hmm. It's like a regular patrol assignment, but your focus are on the gangs. Right, right. And um, so I did that on my own time. Once a month, I'd go work with them. And then at the end of a year, they had a long-term investigation that they wanted to do on some credit card fraud, Uh-oh. right? Some deep undercover uh, okay stuff, right? so you were so like, like you sign me up yeah <laughs> you, i'm your girl oh. Let's do that, right? i'm scared so, to ask uh, you my later question now but go ahead <laughs> i'm still going to but go ahead <laughs> so uh i went in we did this undercover investigation uh-huh. with a big credit card fraud and and, okay, I know this is way before your time, but right. uh, there was a store called Circuit City. Used to be uh, like Best me, Buy. I know about Circuit what? City. Okay, I'm not, I was born in '91. Stop this. Okay, okay. all right, okay, all right. You're right because Circuit this investigation City. happened. About I bought my 96. first MP3 player at Circuit at City. At Circuit City. Okay, okay. Yes. all right, all right. Sure, so don't I got do to me work on my show. Okay. Look, I didn't know you were that old. I'm thirty. Okay. <laughs> I just turned thirty. Yeah. Well, I know I don't look a day. I don't, I stopped counting after twenty one, but I can't tell you my facial um, yeah. secrets because it's inappropriate. But anyway, is that okay? All right. So, uh, and you're right. You know, this investigation was like 90, 95, 96. Okay. okay. So, um, we had an opportunity to go undercover, working in Circuit City, like we were employees in Circuit Cities and Circuit oh, wow. City, and these guys would come in and use their fake fake credit cards and no way. You know, we're documenting stuff as they're yeah. working. I mean, as they're trying to get this merchant. You said you were fake employees. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. We Sorry. were not. We were not real employees, and the right. real employees hated us because, oh. yeah, we would come in and work twice a week and get all this commission. So they thought mm-hmm. because all this merchandise was walking out of the door. Oh. Little did they know we were processing fraudulent credit cards, documenting information, mm-hmm. so we can go back and. They're like, of course guys. she sold that sixty right. inch. Tea. Ooh, just yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we did that for about four months. And after four wow. months, we had a total of like 43 people that were involved in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was more than credit card review. It was right. a lot of other things. So we made about okay. 43 arrests after that. And Dang. I ended up getting me a permanent assignment in Major Offenders and <laughs> worked in Major Offenders for about 11 yeah, years. Yeah. And it was great. Um, then all of a sudden, uh, my crooks that I was dealing with, they were getting a little younger. I was getting older. The okay. legal changed. <laughs> yeah. And I stopped having fun. And I was like, you yeah. know what? It's time. Well, I was gonna on. say, were they were they like now? I guess kind of playing you in a sense. Or? Well, no, 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 no. I just uh, knew my limits. <laughs> okay, Hold on, I they you. didn't play me. Yeah, I got you. I ain't get played. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, my bad, my bad. I just thought you know the younger but, times because sometimes no, I have a hard time keeping up too. I'm like, oh. it's just, but I just yeah. noticed in my career, I wasn't having a lot of fun anymore. My mm. supervision had changed too. We went from going 100 miles an hour doing all kinds of undercover deals to just doing a few, and mm-hmm. um, that supervisor didn't have the same values and yeah, yeah. Care, concerns. Anyway, I, po- I wasn't having fun. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> No, you good. <laughs> um I, I decided to take the sergeant's exam okay. and I did okay on the sergeant's exam, but before I went to promote the sergeant, I was like, Why don't you try to go to homicide? There's an opening in homicide. Ooh. Yeah. So I okay. applied for homicide. I came out number one on the list and I was like, you know what? If I don't like it, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll be promoting the sergeant soon. So right. I'll just promote out, right? Okay. But if I like it, at least I have that experience. And once I promote the sergeant and go back to the street, maybe I can come back one yeah, day. Yeah. Right? You just got the whole thing so planned. That's great. I had 
I had a whole plan, yeah, right? So okay. I started watching First Forty Eight. <laughs> I was good. Law and Order. How about, how about Law and Order? No. No, I had to watch uh, okay. some stuff that was kind of real. No, 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 no. I love Law and Order. That's for you. That's because you ask a lot of police officers about <laughs> yeah. those shows. Like we go, no, because, that's not how it really is, right? Yeah. Because people think okay. we can solve crime in an hour, and we can't, right? So, um, you wish, right? I wish. Yeah. Right. We have a lot of happy citizens. Okay. So um, I went on and went to homicide. It was not the first 48 hours. I worked a total mm-hmm. of 13 scenes in about five months. Oh. Um, and But, I, you know, they, they threw me out there with this card. and was mm-hmm. like, okay, go be a homicide investigator. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Where's the training? Right. I had to read basic homicide <laughs> investigation books and, yeah. you know, other investigations in order to come up to speed because they assumed that I had this experience in major offenders. Right, right. It would just transition right into homicide. And, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. And, and that would be another show in and of itself because investigating reactive cases are different than proactive cases because when I was working undercover everything was recorded so if I tell you if I show you the recording I got you right, yeah, right. whereas in the homicide you you know suspects are not going to want to admit that they committed that they a murder somebody, yeah, right? right so there's there are tactics and strategies that you need to use in order to get confessions and that kind really? of stuff anyway but like what so, no, no I want to know no. yeah no. you can't tell the secrets okay yeah no because no. I don't know on, yeah, I do like have you didn't want to give me that, <laughs> this oh I won't have to hold on to it <laughs> I'm gonna have to hold on. You're right. It. You got me there. Okay, we're one for one, but that's it. One now it's no holds game. No, 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 no. Okay. So um, <laughs> they called me. They called my number to promote me to sergeant. I promoted to sergeant. Right. Went back to the streets, and then had an opportunity to work in a a unit called um, Investigative First Responders where we were able to train police officers to conduct investigations from start to finish. So oh, wow. that was right up my alley as okay. a sergeant. And then I was asked to go to child sexual abuse. And so, oh. yeah, and, and it initially it was, a, you know, a little concerning for me because right. I was like, man, we're dealing with children who've been sexually assaulted. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I did want day shift weekends off, and it was another opportunity to grow. Yeah. And so I decided to take and weekends off. I mean, and you know what I'm saying? I just got weekends off, and I know how to act. Like you know it's so great. I was evening shift with Sunday Monday, <laughs> right? right? Ooh, so ooh. I was like, okay, day shift. Okay, yeah. it's something else for me to learn. And I'm so glad that I had that opportunity because mm. our investigators there, I think that they didn't get the credit that they so deserve because mm. investigating a child sexual abuse case right. is just as challenging as it is to investigate a homicide And it's so crazy, like, talking about the child sex abuse, like, how it could just be anybody, right? Like, I mean... Like, because is it weird that my favorite show is To Catch a Predator? And, I like, I know that's sick, right? Like, but, but no, I don't know what's more gratifying, like, catching the predator predator. or, like, watching the investigation. Because my dream was to be the decoy. Like, I always wanted to be the decoy, but I don't know that I could pull it off. You know what I mean? They're going to be like, no, no, it's about that. But, hey, catching the predator was was the most rewarding part. But, yeah, surely. Did you guys have to do stuff like that, though, where you had to have a decoy? So, what happened was, initially, I was working um, reactive cases. And what those were, Mm -hmm. we had suspects in cases, right? It was right, either right. a family member or it was a, an acquaintance, right? Okay. But then I was moved to a squad that, squad that was called Internet Crimes Against Children Squad. Oh. And, and the Internet Crimes Against Children okay. Squad is when we did those types of like the in, That's like the instant messaging. Yes. Mm. yes. I so that's I had easier, a break. Huh? I mean, I didn't do the work. I was oh, a sergeant okay. at the time. But oh, I had a team you. of phenomenal people who yeah. um, made a lot of arrests doing <laughs> that kind of thing. We had a, uh, the Innocence Loss Task Force for right. young girls that were prostitutes. Mm. Um, we did the FBI Cyber Crimes Task Force. Mm-hmm. And we also had the the Internet Crimes Against Children right. with those that were, you know, trying to hook up with young I wonder people. how you, like, condition your mind to be, like, the predator as a decoy. You know what I mean? Like, like typing yeah. all those like sick things like it's like uh, you know? well you know and, and, yeah. and they had to do it in order right. to make the cases so, well for sure yeah. I mean but like again yeah. let me shut up because my dream was always to be like thrown in there like as the 12 year old boy you know what I mean yeah, like right? come on in yeah, <laughs> I yeah, made cookies I got everything <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah mom's not home then, so. yeah like that show oh I just love it so much <laughs> what's been your favorite Thing to do in law enforcement so far because it sounds like you've jumped around quite a so, bit. So yeah, yeah I, I have and uh, I love my background in um, uh, law enforcement. I've, I think that it's prepared everything mm-hmm. that I've done has prepared me for where I am today. But right. I think my most favorite part of my career was working undercover those 11 years. Yeah, yeah. And you that can't, was probably the best you're not allowed to tell those stories, huh? Like, um, that's a, th- yeah, is that I a mean, thing? You know, I okay. have a, I, you know, I, I work with, uh, I can tell you the type of cases that Yeah, yeah, work. like, uh, give me like one of your favorite ones. Trademark counterfeiting case. All, my, uh-huh. all of the cases where somebody said, 
I would never guess you were a cop. Yeah, you no. would not have. Why, why? Or, or yeah. because I was a young guy. I got pictures. I was a Ooh. young girl, and I didn't look like a police officer. Okay, got right? you, yeah. Uh, and I, I knew She said, honey, I was snatched, whatever. <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah. it, was, it was great. We did okay. a, in, um, uh, insurance fraud. Mm. I sold guns, bought guns. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. sold stolen property, bought stolen, stolen property. Um uh, trademark counterfeiting deals. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did everything, everything but narcotics. We right. did because that that was a separate separate section for that. Because sometimes so. in, when you're undercover, you have to make yourself kind of look a little rough, right? Like, yeah. Well, like, I never really made myself look. I don't know how I can make this look rough, <laughs> but no, <laughs> no, you know what I'm talking about. Kidding. But I, well, you, you don't know the facial the secrets. So yeah. You can dress the part, right. wear a ball cap, and that kind of stuff. Okay. Talk a certain way, yeah, mm-hmm. and so that. And I think I got over so much because I came across as innocent. That was my yeah. goal. Okay. I'm always coming across as innocent and not knowing a lot about yeah, anything, yeah. right? And Were you ever anything. scared, though? Like, was there ever, like, yeah. a sticky situation when you're like, I don't know, guys, there, this one's not going Anytime well. we did a gun deal, I was, oh, really? I was yeah, okay. I was, uh, I was always really nervous, but I had mm-hmm. a great partner, mm-hmm. and when we did those types of deals, all SWAT guys were with us, so right, like, right. we had snipers how did, but Since you were so nervous, how were you able to, like, mask that then? So like, you really don't. You have to okay. play on it. Oh, really? You, you just okay. play on it. You know, hey, right. guy, you never done nothing like this before. I'm, I'm scared, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to try to jack me. I mean, you just yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to play on it. I got you. So, okay. Yeah. You know what? And then um, just because, like I, like I said, I'm obsessed with To Catch a Predator, um, was there ever one of those cases that would stick out to you the most that, like, was just so far-fetched that you could share here? Uh, yeah, I mean, because it's it was public, but mm-hmm. um, as again, I was a sergeant um, in child sexual abuse, and right. um, you Michaels, everybody's familiar with Michaels. Michaels, the arts and crafts. Mm-hmm. Okay, we had a predator go into Michaels. A little girl was separated from her mom for just a few minutes, and oh. he took her to the very next aisle and he funded her right <gasps> on the camera. Yeah. No. Oh wow. Yeah, Did you ever just want to like pummel of, them? Yeah, yeah. you, you want to punch the camera when you see the camera. Yeah, yeah. But, um, eventually, uh, it led to his, you know, the, we put it out there, it led to his arrest. Right, got and, you. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to Google that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't uh, want to see that, but no, you know, no, no, I, I love reading those no. types of stories because it, it yeah. is gratifying when you do yeah, catch them. You but, catch you know, them. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier how you always wanted to be like, I want to put the bad guys in jail and yeah. I want to be a rough tumbler. You know what I mean? Have you ever, was there more times than not where you were in a situation like that where you kind of had to get physical? Well, when I was in Major Offenders, we ran a lot of warrants because okay. we'd go and do a lot of undercover deals where it didn't arrest uh, result in arrest right away. Right. We'd have to build a case and make sure we take, you know, have the probable cause to take before a judge, right, get a right. warrant, and then we'd have to go run those warrants. And we ran those warrants. Mm. That's when we had to be tactical oh. in our decisions in going to make those arrests. So oh, okay. The, we, we did that quite a bit. Mm. Yeah. Fortunately, I've never been in a critical incident where I've had to shoot. I've had to pull my weapon right. a lot. Uh, where I've had to shoot anybody, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or been shot at. Now there were opportunities um, where I think we dropped the ball a couple of times, a couple of times, and we could have easily right. been involved in, in critical and incidents. Stuff, but yeah. thank God for. Covenants. Do you wear a lot of? Armor under like is there body armor like right yeah. now? Ooh. Oh, that's just I should have told you no. you could have just wore whatever you wanted. Like, yeah, I, I did. I oh, did. Okay, yeah. I don't have it. Right. Yeah. That's that's all me. No. Uh, oh. <laughs> hey, that's good though, right? You got the physique. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sure, I can't. Okay, girl, I'll be the first one on the floor like getting beat up. Like, God, where's my backup? I called for backup. Damn it! You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you gotta. You got. You need to do what you need to do. Yeah. To survive. Kick, spit, bite, pinch, you whatever. You, you, you know what? You we we see all these stories. Okay, like about like the shoot, like cop shooting. Okay, I, I like I've never shot a gun. Okay, I'll just put it out there. But there has to be something going through your head when you're in that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. where you like, do you just blank? Do you know what I mean? Or like, I mean, because it's a high pressure situation right. in most cases, not in all cases. But um, you know, when what was that like for you? The first time you've ever had to do that? Do you do you think to yourself, this I might take somebody's life today? Do the you know first time I mean? that I had to pull out my weapon. Yeah. And I think at the time I'm thinking about this, my safety and mm-hmm. the safety of my partners or the safety of any citizens that right. may be around. So you're not necessarily thinking, oh, my God, you know, I might have to take this man's life. That's not the first thing that pops up. Oh, mind. okay. It's like my life, my partner's life, or right. somebody else's, you know, he's been reckless or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot of consequences that come with, with using guns, a lot of emotional I mean, yeah physical, mental consequences that right. come with taking a life or injuring somebody or even having to shoot at somebody. Right. That whole situation 
you know, playing over and over in your mind, right, which is yeah. why officer wellness is so important. I, I want to ask because surely you've been in like lots of sticky situations and a lot of like high stress situations. I mean, like, I guess, you know, selling guns, child abuse. this. And that. What do you what practices do you take to, I guess, stay mentally sane? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because so, I feel like I would be like a hot mess. Like, I just know, you know I'm just very, very fortunate to have I've had partners mm-hmm. and sisters that. I could talk to. Now, I probably wouldn't talk to my sisters about everything right. that was at work. <laughs> but I had girlfriends who were my partners and my mm-hmm. best friends who were solid people um, that we could talk to each other about how we were feeling and yeah. what was going on because we were experiencing the same things. Yeah. Um, and because too many times, uh, and we're doing much better than we had been, we create a culture in law enforcement where it's weak if you ask for help. Oh, and, okay. Um, and, but that's changing. We're, we're doing a How, much better mean? job. What does that mean? Do Meaning you... if you go ask for help, if you go say that you need to go to psychological services mm. or go talk to a therapist about stuff that you've experienced or stuff that you've seen, it was oh. always kind of taboo, right? Oh, okay. Like, well, oh, you're not yeah. cut out for this then. Right. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, that's but not that's, fair. yeah, exactly. Mm. And, 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 and I mean, I don't think leaders would do that. I think uh-huh. that we did it amongst ourselves. Mm, like, okay. if you ask, because we're supposed to be strong, right. and macho, right? And if you go and ha- ask for help, that's a sign of weakness, and that's oh. not the case, right? Yeah, uh, because we see way more than the regular, way more tragedy and catastrophe than any one human being mm-hmm. should see. Yeah, and, for uh, sure. So I'm sure. we need to talk to people. We need to talk to them. If right. not, it will mess us up. We'll become alcoholics. You know, we overeat. Or girl, we yes. Yeah. So I find other ways to cope. And yeah. So, um, yeah. So I had great girlfriends. I love to travel and I okay. uh, love to get massages. I, when I find <laughs> my, my time to uh-huh. relax and just to get away from it all, I, I do. You do. But I was having a lot. I got a really good massage place in, in Hewitt for you, okay? No, yeah. yeah. Massage rejuvenation. I believe is what it's called. Um, oh, I, I forget her name, but I, just remind me to give you the address. Yeah, yes, I got sir. you. Yeah, Appreciate right behind Cho- right behind Chopsticks on Hewitt Drive. I told her I was going to do a little thing for her because she did me a massage one time. I normally uh-huh. don't like women touching me, uh-huh. but, um, but she's got the hands of any man, and okay. she is good. Wow. She gets in there. I'm, okay. I'm going to give you um, her. Uh, remind me. Okay, I will. I will. I will. Yes, but anyway. Okay, so um, you know what? Um, so what do you think? We, we talked about, like, you know, it was nice that you got to, like, relate to somebody about, you know, those high-stress situations so it kind of eases your mind and everything. Is there a misconception these days about police officers? Like, I don't like to get too political, but it's all over the news all the time and stuff like that. And I try to kind of stay Switzerland. You know what I mean? Because I have a um, – my cousin's husband is an NYPD officer many, many, many years, many years. And I fear for his life. But then I also fear for the life of, like, citizens. You know what I mean? And stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, do you think that, like, the media paints a bad picture of you guys? So I think we get the short end of the stick. And I'll say this, because police officers have millions. There are 18,000 police agencies across this country, right? right? Mm -hmm. And we have millions of contacts every day that go right. Right. But just as in any industry, in any profession, Mm -hmm. you know, there are the bad ones. And then there are some that just make mistakes right and in in our world unfortunately it's just tough to make a mistake because mm-hmm. that means that somebody you injured somebody right. for the rest of their lives or killed somebody and and we don't have room for those mistakes right right, right. but we're human yeah right and the, but those are the ones that are always brought to the front right front. yeah not those that's great what gets things the media coverage doing. yeah right okay. not those great things that we're doing out and about in the community and one right. of my priorities uh, when I came to Waco was to make sure that we increase the number of positive interactions we have with our community. Yeah. And we're going to tell our, com- we're going to tell our story if nobody else is going to tell. For our sure. Story. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I always like, cause like I said, I, I try to stay team Switzerland when it comes to that kind of things. And I've seen some, I don't want to name any specific reports, but um, there's some where I'm like, I could understand, but then there's some who's like, okay, that guy, like, he should never been a cop. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's right. crazy. You know what I mean? Right. I think it's fair to say that not all cops are maybe cut out exactly. for that job, correct? Do you think they've been more lenient um, as far as hiring police officers? Or do you think that, like, you know what I mean? Does that, does that make sense? Uh, I just think that we need to do a better job with our hiring process okay. and maybe ask some of the tougher questions that we have not been asking. Right. I don't think that they reduce the standards in any kind of way, but people 
some people will say what they need to say to become, okay. you know. Oh, it's like any job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, and, and then you get to it and you're like, huh? yes. yeah. And you're like, whoa, this is not for me kind right. of thing, which, which is why now anytime that I run into anybody who says that they're interested in law enforcement, I'll say, hey, you need to go do a couple of ride-alongs. It's going to tell you one or two mm. things. It's going to mm-hmm. tell you, ooh, yeah, this job is for me. Are you going to go, okay, no, this wait, is Wait, wait a second. Yeah. Right. I really just wanted some I Cheetos and y'all over here playing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, you know like we really <laughs> wanted to ride really fast yeah. with lights and sirens. I didn't know y'all were responding. Uh, with somebody who was shooting yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, because right? you guys do offer things like that, right? Yeah. Is there have, an age gap for that? So or? 18 years. Okay. At 18 years old, you can come and do a ride along. Right now, we've had to cut down on it because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when we open back up, man, I highly encourage if you're interested in doing a ride along, mm-hmm. go fill out the paperwork and, and go do it. And our officers will show you a great time. That's really cool. Yeah, I don't know that I would want to do that. Yeah. Um, I'd probably end up flirting with like the really hot officer. And then, yeah, well, but then we get in trouble because there's cameras. So it's like, listeners, yeah. Listeners, yeah. do. Yeah, listeners what's up? Y'all Absolutely. do it. And then when you find one of the officers that's single, give him my number. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> don't fraternize with my officer. No, why not? I'm a good guy. Can, officer, you, can, you, can, you, can you do that when they're at lunch or something? Uh, okay, yeah. I don't ride alone. Hey, did you? Uh, anyway, never mind. Okay. You know, there, you know I, I know that you're, of course, as the chief of police, like you, you really want to do your best to uphold the law. You know what I mean? And really be by the book. Are there certain like laws where you're just kind of like, well, we can. I mean, that wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like. You know, does that make sense? Okay, so I'll tell you this. So um, I told you when I first became a police officer, all I wanted to do was put the bad guy in jail. Right, right, right. right. And I did that for a very long time. Okay. And then you figure out that that's really not working because you're seeing some of the same people. So you know, okay, there are some underlying issues here. Mm. Something else has to be going on. Right, right. So that's when I became, I I, I kind of matured (laughs) as a police officer. And as I grew and promoted throughout the department and realized that prevention and prevention and intervention Mm -hmm. were just as important as apprehension, right? Oh, okay. So sometimes you have to get, like if you pull over somebody on traffic, right, and they Mm -hmm. had two traffic warrants from an expired registration and a failure to appear. This person has a job or have on a uniform with a kid in the back of the car in the car seat. You have to, officers have to use discretion and go, Mm -hmm. okay, wait a minute. This guy just ran a stop sign. He didn't hurt anybody. He right. has his insurance, has his driver's license. He has a job. Right. And he has a kid in the back of the car. And I'm going to have to call somebody to get. I'm going to have to take the CPS. Yeah. And then if I take him to jail, is he going to lose his job? I mean, we have to start putting okay. more thought yeah, yeah. into things, that's, right? That's my And so yeah. you can weigh stuff like that. Okay. Yes, we well, have that like, kind of discretion. You probably got a lot going on. Like, yeah, yeah but get man, this taken man care go of. take care of you. Yeah, yeah. Then, you know. Because so. I definitely got caught speed. I don't want to name the officer's name. Um, <laughs> he stopped me twice for speeding already and you know it's so great because he's a fan of the public affair uh, he told me that the second time he goes I actually watch your show mm-hmm. I, I was like that's why you stopping me right mm-hmm. but anyway, no it's because I was going 41 and 30 but um you know but because there, there's things like yes you're supposed to give me a ticket like right. yes I did wrong you know what I mean right but I always wonder like as police officers surely you guys don't call in every single thing you know what I mean right. where it's kind of like like that situation you just said like okay you probably got a lot going on you mm-hmm. might be a single dad you mm-hmm. know what I mean thank god you didn't hurt nobody but mm-hmm. calm it down next time mm-hmm. I'll let you off on a warning you know right. what warrants like a warning versus like I'm giving you a ticket so it depends know? on officer okay. I mean, it's officer discretion right And mm-hmm. but what we have to keep in mind is what a concept that we call procedural justice right what we do for one we need to make sure that we'll do it for somebody else in the exact same situation I got you right yeah so officers have a lot of discretion we have right. a lot there are some things that we can't say no to that yeah you gotta go to jail okay right? yeah. Right. And then there are some other things that we have to use some common sense and discretion mm-hmm. on and go, okay, if I did this, it's going to lead to this, it's going to lead to this, this man probably going to have a right, job, right. then he's probably going to commit more crimes, you know. Okay, so I got you. You just have to I, I, be smart about because it. Because one example that I always think of, I won't put his name out there or business, but one of my really good friends, he talks about how he had to go to jail for a little bit because the... Um, the dad, the stepdad of his daughters, like was hitting them, and so he went and beat him up, <laughs> and so like he got in trouble for that. But I always think like you know like do you have children? I don't have children. Oh, okay, I have neither dogs. neither do I. Yeah, I don't have children either. Fuck that. But <laughs> but I think okay like if it's my children right, and somebody else is putting their hands on my children, I feel like. I don't know what I would do per se because I always say I don't know what I would do unless I'm put in that situation. Right. But my first thought is like, hey, I'm gonna go beat you up because why are you putting hands on my daughter? You know what I mean? Like, how do you feel about something like that? Like, you, like so that's the, in, you in broke the law. Things, or? In in some mm-hmm. things we don't have um, uh, a choice, right? Right. Right. So if I have a complaint and I have somebody who wants to file charges on you for putting their hands mm. on. I you, don't have a choice. You just have to, yeah. yeah. You can have your personal opinion all day. Yeah, I can have my personal opinion like, all yeah, day. Yeah, you deserve your trash beat. But. <laughs> you wrote, I call the district attorney or, uh-huh. you know, and I see that you break the law and it's going to 
further, you know, the problem, then right. I got to take action, you know, because yeah. I'd hate to leave you out here and then I come back and y'all got into a shoot. Yeah, right? for I mean, sure. Because that, that's part of my response. Well, and then it probably goes back to the, like, you have a job to do. And, you know, you can't be lenient with one person because then they expect it all the time or they're going to be like, oh, Cheryl, you know, she'll get you out. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know, it's so cute. Like, this is just a funny question I've been dying to ask you because um, I had a a guest on here and we always like go back and forth or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I need a gigolo. And so I always wondered what the difference between prostitution and being a gigolo was. You know what I mean? Like, or is it the same thing? Like, have you ever had to arrest somebody for being a gigolo or a call or escort? Do you know what I mean? Being a gigolo. Yeah. What? Remember Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo? But a gigolo, <laughs> but to me, a gigolo was just somebody who played around. Yeah, yeah. A, but you're not paying for sex. You pay, well, prostitutes you're getting well, paid prostitutes, for, you're paying for sex. Yes. But for gigolos, you're paying for company. That's why it's not illegal? Or? No, I don't uh-huh. know. Maybe I don't You know understand. what I mean? A pimp? I mean, no. <laughs> okay, I so know. I saw this show on HBO called Gigolos. I swear to God, Google it. It's a show called Gigolos, and All what right. they do is there's there's a service, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, this is why I this is why I have questions because you it's illegal to be a prostitute, like to stand on the corner and solicit sex for money. That's illegal, correct? Yes. Okay, so there's a show on HBO called Gigolos, mm-hmm. and what they do is there's this service that the girls call the guys. And they go on dates or whatever, but most times they end up having sex. And I'm like, well, is that not illegal? Do you know what I mean? Is that not the same thing? Or That's illegal to me. Right? That's, that's, that's not illegal. Yeah, that's from HBO. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Okay. But that's what they have. You yeah. for Well, maybe, that's... like, okay, because then I think they even covered it and said, well, no, they're not technically paying for sex. They're paying for a date. And if they have sex, that's on them. So that's kind of mm-hmm. just like beating around the bush yeah yeah okay that's h yeah that's tv <laughs> that's why we can't watch everything on tv yeah. correct okay so then, anyway i'll tell um, daniel he can't be my jiggle anymore so that, that he was never let me just clarify that okay my record's clean dr Mm-mm. victoria you know um have there any have there ever been any more challenges uh for you as the chief of police or as a police officer like do you think as a woman you had to work just as hard like 10 um, times harder. I, I do. I always yeah. thought that, though, you know, as mm-hmm. a woman, uh, especially in a male dominated industry, that we always had to be a one step ahead. Hence yeah. the PhD, hence the master's, uh, okay, yeah. master's degree. Um, we always had to be one step ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, people always ask me where the challenge is when you first became a police officer. I had a lot of great women pave the way before me. Right, that yeah. Experienced those challenges and only could wear skirts or only could deal with the juveniles oh, okay. or only could deal with women of domestic violence. So I didn't have those kind of issues. But right. one issue that I had when I first got on the police department as a female mm-hmm. um, is really kind of funny because I don't think the my, my partner thought he was, I think he thought he was being a gentleman. I don't oh. think he, I don't think he thought all oh, women don't belong in this profession. I think he just thought he was being a gentleman. And he used to tell me we'd go on a call. Um, <laughs> after, we, after you get off the program, the training program at, out of the academy, you can't ride by yourself for right. six months, mm-hmm. right? And you, until you get that year part period, year mark, then you can ride by yourself. So right, I had to right. ride with somebody. So I was on night shift and um, we would go to calls and it would be like a domestic call, right? Right, right. He, and, and before you get out of the call, he'll say, I got it. I got it. You can stay here. I got it. I and, you know, and, and a time or two, yeah. I, I stayed in the car and then. I was like, I'm not staying in the car. I'm a police officer, <laughs> okay. right? I'm trying to go out there with right. the action. Yeah, so yeah. I, I get out, and as soon as I get in, he and this guy are just going at it, right? Yeah. But he noticed that every time the guy would look over at me, he said, I'm sorry, ma'am. Or he cursed. Mm. He cursed my partner out, but he said, I'm sorry, ma'am. And then they just kept going, going, I'm yeah. sorry, ma'am. And then I was like, ah, <laughs> light bulb, right. Okay. So I was like, I got it. I got it. I yeah. got it. And he backed off. Then yeah. I started dealing with the guy and things started, you know, de-escalating. Right. Because I, feel, I don't know if he thought it was his mama or his sister. <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? Just had more respect for totally, women. Totally, totally. Um, but it was from that point on that I told my partner. And I think that he realized, too, like, okay, no, I don't need to stop yeah, telling yeah. her to stay in the car. There's some value to her being outside of the car. Sure. And, then, and I told him, I was like, hey, I'm trying to learn. I'm still a new officer. I need uh-huh. to get out of the car. I appreciate what you're trying to do, brother. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I want to get out of the car. I got you, so, yeah. yeah. Do you, did you ever find that daunting, though? Like, like annoying? Like, geez, you know yeah, what I mean? Just like, after, I mean, it only happened a couple of times. Okay, I got you. And, um, and, and when it, it annoyed me, that's when I got out of the car. Right, And that's right. when I was able to kind of, you know, now, I don't yeah. want to say save him, but de-escalated the yeah, situation yeah. a little bit more quickly. Do you think that still exists in 2021 where the women have to be, they have to go just as hard as the guys? Yeah, absolutely. You do? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But you guys are, you, now you have organizations not that kind of quell that or whatever, but that kind of like negate that or? Um, yeah. At, uh, at all costs, we do our best to. Right, uh, right. But 
those that really have those opinions are really not forward with it now. <laughs> okay. Not in, in, in I guess, our current environment, knowing that we're um, looking for that diversity and mm -hmm. knowing what female police officers bring to this in industry. We only make up less than 13% of this male-dominated industry. Uh, okay, right? I got you, yeah. So um, we're, we're looking to increase those numbers, and mm -hmm. we bring some pretty good stuff yeah. to the table as females uh, okay. as far as de-escalation, communication, right. reduction in the use of force. I think that's course. just like a natural Natural. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. um, so yeah, it, it's not uh, as obvious in in smaller agencies. It may be right, right, right. But I haven't had that issue in Waco. I didn't have that issue. Okay, in that's good. Yeah. You know what? Um, I understand. You know, we're gonna wrap up here in just a few, and I'm really appreciated this conversation. I appreciate Absolutely. you being so candid too. I really no, do. I, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to have like stick up the ass and everything. But I was like, no, she's cool as hell. I like her. <laughs> you know, because uh, no, uh, no, just Dr. Victoria, you are a police. You're the chief yes. of police. You know what I mean? You have this image to uphold. You know yes. what I mean? Do you ever just go out and have some fun? You know what I mean? Like hot girl summer. Just like, you know, like let me put the badge down for a night and, and, and do me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, I have those nights. I yeah. have girlfriends and sisters. <laughs> it hadn't happened in a very long time, probably right. since before COVID. But yeah, I do. Yeah, you know, do. do you do you find that you have to like really watch your actions in public I now do. because yeah? But does I, it does it take the fun out? Or? No, not, no, 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 not at all. Just okay. like when I saw you in HEB. Yeah, hotel, you were very regular. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, if somebody recognizes me, I stop and I talk to yeah, them, for and, sure. and that's it. But no, it it I don't. I'm still the same person that I was. Right, I got you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Still the same person. Well, that that's really good. I have to say that it's been the biggest honor meeting you. I'm really so glad. I know that's been we've been talking about this for quite a while, and I'm mm -hmm. really happy that you finally got to come on, even though my car broke down or whatever. But we're good. <laughs> Shout out okay. again to Boy Bucks and yes. Um, am I leaving anything out? Like, is there anything that you like to do when you're not working, like your personal life and stuff like that? Like, are you just pretty plain Jane? I, I, I am. You know, mm -hmm. since I've been here, uh, I've been ripping and running. So every time I get a free moment to myself. Uh -huh. I can sleep or just uh, spend some time resting my brain. That's right. what I do. So, People don't realize how important yeah. that is, too. Yeah. Like, I'm just now where I just have this in the radio station because I was doing this the radio station and a full-time job, and I was toast. Yeah, I was burned exhausting. out. Now I just want to stay in bed all day with it's, nothing on and watch TV and just, play Nintendo. It's so great. You know I mean? It can be pretty yeah. exhausting. I don't have dogs, but, you know. I have dogs. Those are those are my, yeah. my baby girls. So. Okay, that's mm -hmm. uh, well, Doctor Victorian. It's been so great meeting you. I'm really happy that you came onto the public affair and you're just so candid. I really um, wish you the best of luck with everything that you want to achieve. If you need anything from the public affair, you know you can call us. Okay, <laughs> okay. We got clean records over here. I promise. Uh, thank <laughs> okay. you. It's yes, good maybe, to know. maybe not some of my guests, but I love all the guests. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they've been very open. I like yeah. that's why I love that's why I love this show, Doctor Victorian, because I can have them and they can talk about like their past criminal life, and then I can have you. You know what I mean? And and nobody there's no it's just great i love the show anyway all right. well thank you again dr victorian for coming on to the public of air uh, thank you everybody again for watching this episode before we go i definitely want to give a shout out to a couple more of our sponsors of the public affair of course the soco soccer academy with dominic gutierrez and ariana gutierrez they're located on franklin drive they offer team small group and individual skill training they also have open play on friday nights and they specialize in soccer training and fitness training with dominic gutierrez isaac and london carrillo because of soco soccer academy i've lost 55 over 55 pounds go check out my old pictures girl check out my old episodes yeah. <laughs> they're disgusting <laughs> okay thank you so much to soccer soccer academy and of course the fat boy michelada and botana my boy junior banda he provides the best micheladas and botana plates for yourself or for a party they're locally operated make sure you get the best and not the rest they have a wide array of different items on their menu i'm going to send you their menu because they're really good you're, okay. you'll fall in love you like like shrimp and stuff like that oh shrimp. girl you're gonna love fat boy michelada and botana <laughs> okay i brought you're gonna want you're gonna call him all the time i promise <laughs> yeah they are so good thank you again to fat boy michelada and Botana for sponsoring this episode of The Public Affair. Again, thank you guys again so much for watching this episode. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Um, again, big shout out to Dr. Victoria, Dr. Cheryl, Victorian Waco Chief of Police. Thank you. Okay, And um, just because she was on this show doesn't mean anybody's going off easy, all right? <laughs> you break the law, you pay for it. <laughs> and she might beat your ass. <laughs> and don't forget, darling, to always keep it between us. <laughs> This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.